I did not fill the game with millions of terrible sentences, and I should be uh, I should be compensated for that. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And we've uh, we've uh, we've vowed to not be so up on the mics. Oh, good. The window's open and every truck in the world is going by. <laughs> well, that's how you know that you're recording in the uh, Idle Thumb studio. That's true. Sirens. Yeah. Sirens, yeah. Guys, guys working loudly in the office outside the door. Although, it's uh, Saturday. It's also early as fuck in the morning. It is. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to us. We're... It's like we've become adults or something, and we're waking no, up on the no. weekends to do work. What? Yeah. What? I, uh, man, I went out last night with some Pod Bro beer blast on the agenda. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I went out and had some, some beers and some, uh, some delicious Indian food with uh, Gary Butterfield from, from Watch Out for Fireballs and various podcasts, and he's delightful. His voice and beard are as silky smooth in real life as they are on the air. <laughs> It's a sh- um, shame you couldn't get him uh, guesting here. Today. Yeah, he's he's although he's a uh, he was out with Bob Mackie. I guess they're gonna they're gonna do some some retro nodding. I'm I want to go back and clarify uh, how you you've got to know that his beard was silky smooth. I asked Emily. Emily touched it. Oh, okay. Right. She was like, "Can I touch your beard?" And he was like, "Yes, you can," using his silky silky voice. All right. I mean, you get enough silk pouring out of your mouth, it's going to rub off on your beard. And then you have static electricity. Oh, yeah. It just must, like, <laughs> flow down his cheeks and stuff, right? It's great. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what, what did you do last night, Riff? I bet it wasn't as exciting as drinking beers with Gary Butterfield. No, it wasn't. I did needlepoint. <laughs> Are you still working on that uh, multi-character collage thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing it up. I'm, I'm midway through the penultimate character. Who is the penultimate character? Uh, the penultimate character is the, um, I forget the actual name of it, but it's like the giant camera boss from uh, Mother 3. It's this sort of giant pink alligator lizard kind of thing um, with a bird on its head. Okay. Does the bird clean out its teeth and stuff? Uh, no. The, uh, the job of the bird seems to be that if the camera gets deactivated, the bird pushes the little button on its back that turns it back on. Oh, is it like a robot? It, it's sort of like a half-robot thing, yeah. So which half of it gets turned off? Uh, all of it except the bird, I guess. <laughs> okay. So it's half, it's just a robot with a bird on it is half robot, half animal? <laughs> well, it's, you, <laughs> you kind of have to see it and it's, it's kind of hard to describe. It's, there's basically two types of cameras in that game. You've got cameras that are like conglomerations of animals, like a dogfish, which is both a dog and a fish. But you and all, a joke. And a joke, yes, a pun. But you also have cameras that are like, an animal that has been torturously cyborged. So there's like a, a T-Rex that is h- half robot. And so I always pronounced it, pronounced it chimera and not chimera. Yeah, I thought it was chimera. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say it out loud. It's one of those words you only get in books. If you, if you construct an animal out of parts in a dark room, it's definitely chimera. So. Uh, uh, is I like it. Dark room okay. about camera. Okay. Camera 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 means dark room. Uh, camera obscura means dark room. So camera Does camera room. just mean room? Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. What does Cameron mean? Uh, one who lives in room. Yeah, room, a roommate. <laughs> who do you think James James Cameron's Cameron was in college? Or oh, Ca- it, was, Ca- it was Al Gore. Did you think Cameron Crow lived with birds? Yeah, he just was a room full of birds. <laughs> nice. I think they call that an aviary. Hmm. Okay. What's an apiary? That's where uh, monkeys yeah. live. What? <laughs> so there's there's bee monkey chimeras. Well, I mean, all the A monkeys live out in the savannah. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> Good. Wow. <laughs> See, Kevin makes more bad jokes before 10.30 in the morning than most people make in their entire lives. Yep. Good. Man, I discovered uh, I discovered last night, just last night, I've, I've played through Chrono Trigger like two or three times, but while I've been working on this cross-stitch thing, I've been watching the uh, endurance run of it that they did on Giant Bomb. And there is like a literal monkey-throwing shit joke like tw- at least two times in Chrono Trigger that I never noticed before. Huh. There's a there's a monster called a winged monkey that, that appears in like the caveman times and it attacks you with like a little support uh, monster. The the first one you encounter the monster is a rock monster called Schist and the monkey will pick it up and throw it at you. Huh. And when I first saw that, I was like, whoa, did they, is this a sneaky poo-flinging joke? But isn't schist a, a kind of like rock? It's a joke. Right, right. It has a See, it's a, it's a pun. And But I wasn't really totally huh. sure if they had deliberately done this, but later in the game, when you meet like the, the second tier enemies, the, the winged monkey there throws a mushroom enemy at you, which is named shiitake. Okay. So it's like, oh, so, so yeah. like it's, that is too much of a coincidence, too. Yeah, exactly. And they, okay. they, even though they had enough letters to spell shiitake with two eyes, like you actually would, in this they case, didn't. it's actually just spelled shit, shit a k e. Yeah. We so, tried to make a we tried to make a shiitake mushroom joke called the, there was a poo take, but you can't write that in a way that reads as poo take. Yeah, it's, it's like mm, poo take or poo take. Poo take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just not... Not funny. It's not going to read right. It's part of the problem with not being able to uh, pronounce things. <clears throat> that's part of your problem with not being able to pronounce things or distinguish between the... Between words. Mm. <laughs> Are shiitake mushrooms any good? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, mushrooms so don't say, taste like a lot. You would die. Well, you could. <laughs> you, yeah. You could say well, eat uh, Amrita and die. What's the really poisonous one that Smurfs live in? Uh, I'm an Amanita. I'm yeah, or something. something like Bell- that. Belladonna. Maybe. Hamlock. Yeah. Hamhock. Uh, we went to the uh, California Academy of Sciences the other night uh, for their comedy sketch fest evening. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. Were you there when that eel guy was all... Get in my mouth, shrimp. Get in my mouth, shrimp. No. Get out of my mouth. Get out of my mouth. Jesus, what are you doing? No, I did not see that. Is there, there were these that eels. Eel these giant eel guys. And then these shrimps that sort of look like spiders. Uh, they just look like... That's what shrimp look like. Yeah, shrimps are the spiders of the sky. Um, <laughs> so, and the shrimps like just run around cleaning off these eels. And this one eel just pokes his head out. And he kind of hesitantly opened his mouth. We're like, what is that? Is he? Is he trying to eat a shrimp is he trying what is it what is going on here and then a shrimp gets in there and starts cleaning out the eel's mouth but then just crawls right down his throat and the eel is like fuck 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 get out get out fuck at least that's what i would have been saying if i was that eel did the, huh. he didn't the eel didn't just close his mouth and be like nope. done nope 
I don't think maybe they just don't eat shrimps. Weird. Was was this an event at the comedy sketch festival? Yeah, it was a eel eel and shrimp. They're <laughs> they're a sketch troupe. So at the, so it was just at the California Academy of Sciences. So you could go wander around and look at the exhibits and stuff. And if, okay. You, if you didn't want to see the comedy, um, and so the first hour, there's not a lot of comedy going on. So we sort of wandered around and drank some. There was booze. a live recording of Jackie Cation's Dork Forest podcast. Yeah, for example, I like her stand up, but I don't like her podcast. Very much. I've not listened to it at all ever. They recorded a bunch of podcasts, actually. We went and saw a live uh, recording of uh, Roderick on the Line, which was delightful. It was, except that the room was giant and echoey and filled with loud people, and yeah. mm-hmm. there was just no way to get the museum staff to tell them to shut their buttholes. Yeah. People were talking with their buttholes a lot. But we were also sitting... Well, it was in, Thanksgiving. We were in the uh, the African <laughs> room or whatever, the African hall. Also, every once in a while, somebody would trigger a motion detector thing that would make a lion roar. Yeah. <laughs> it was a leopard, but yes. Mm-hmm. There was a leopard in a tree above the crowd, and every now and then it would roar, and, and, and like everyone would just sort of look around and be like, what the fuck is that? That and, sounds uh, like an excellent home security system. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to have ceilings tall enough for there to be trees with leopards in them. Um, Man, I just want trees inside my house. I went to a restaurant when I was a kid in Colorado Springs that had a tree growing in the middle of it, mm. and it was cool. There was that sweet um, pub we went to in London that had the giant tree in the middle of it. That was a dead tree, though. Was it? Yeah, I think that tree had been moved there. Post, ex post, lifo? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it grew there, but it was it was long dead. Huh. Because it was entirely inside a building, and it didn't have, like, a glass roof or anything. And even if it had, there's no sunshine in England. Yeah, all of the trees in England are just dead all the time. It's just, like, <laughs> win- it's like nuclear winter. Dead or I got fake. The, I got the distinct impression that this restaurant was built around this tree. Okay. Which is interesting. So, but I just want a tree inside my house. Like a small... Really, I just want a bunch like of trees. Like ficus? What I want is for my house to be made of a bunch of, like, parts of trees cut into, like, kind of rectangular Timber. slabs... What if you could live inside a tree that had been hollowed out like a wizard tower? Oh man! Oh wow! Like that a redwood? would pretty much be the best. Like if you were like if you lived in Faxanadu. <laughs> I wonder how much of the like structural integrity of a tree is the is the center core, right? Because you can make a tunnel through a tree and it will still stand, like mm-hmm. one of those big crazy redwoods. So could you just hollow out? the middle of a giant redwood to have a giant, crazy, living wizard tower? Well, I imagine as long as you had a floor in it every now and then, like, those would... Like, so instead of just hollowing out the entire length, you had bubbles, like like how bamboo right. is, you know? Oh, yeah. man, if you could hollow out a giant maple tree, you could just live in there, and whenever you wanted syrup on your pancakes, you could just rub your pancakes oh, yeah. on the wall. Just, <laughs> yeah, just lick the wall. Ugh. Weren't you telling me that they, they just recently invented some sort of methodology to get 100 times as much maple syrup out of the same... I think it might have been 10, 10 times and not acreage. 100 times. It could have been 1,000 times. But yeah, I was just reading about this breakthrough in maple syrup production yeah. where they they always assumed that the syrup that they tapped out of the trunk of a mature maple tree was coming from above. But then they realized that if they just planted a maple sapling, let it grow for a year, cut it off like four feet above the ground and put a vacuum pump on it, they could get 10 times as much sap out of the same amount of land Hmm. as they could from mature maple trees. It's like squeezing sap from a a rock. 
So who knows if that's going to be a real shakeup in that whole organized Canadian mafia <laughs> maple syrup distribution network. It's surprising to me that, that that syrup would be exactly the same as the other kinds of syrup. Like, Aren't there like crazy different gradations of syrup based on I mean, when they come and how old the trees I are? I could probably find a guy that would tell you that there were. He's trying to sell you some expensive-ass <laughs> maple syrup. They have like grade A and grade D and grade double A. Double D maple double, syrup. Double D. Ah, uh, boy. Yeah. Um, what else did we see at the... I saw an octopus, which was freaking cool. I did not see an octopus. He was like crawling around on the glass so you could like watch his tentacles. Like He was wearing a suit and he was trying to fit in as a regular human. Exactly. Man. Uh, I'm excited to play that game. I, yeah, uh, is that out? I think it, it just came out yeah. yesterday. Mm. So that is something I'm looking forward to. I have played like a couple of scenes of it at cons, and it is hilarious and great. I didn't realize it was in cons. Yep. Wait, that's just called con, right? Yeah. I think Damn so. it. <clears throat> I, you know, but who, who knows? I don't speak French. Was it a short con this year or a long con? <laughs> Uh, uh, so yes, the octopus was the highlight of my evening. Um, what else did we see though? I saw some flashlight fish. Did you see those guys? No. They are apparently just fish with two little sort of bioluminescent patches, like where your sideburns would be. Okay. <laughs> so you, so there, you just see all these little like these little lights swimming around in the darkness. And I was afraid that they were those creepy things with the little lanterns yeah. in front of their heads. Oh. But they're, they're, when I saw, I looked over and I just saw a picture of what one looks like oh, with light on he's, it. He's got some, he's got some, some friendly looking mutton chops. Yeah. Not friendly <laughs> chops, because those are the ones that become a bioluminescent mustache where they meet. Right. Um, man, bioluminescent sideburns would be annoying because it's like they light up everything except whatever you're looking at <laughs> oh right right yeah. well, with their, fish, fish, their, fish, eyes their eyes are on the sides, sides of their head yeah, yeah so yeah uh, plus so, they're uh, like oh yeah wow huh so um, were the were they in front of the eyes or behind them i think they were sort of below and maybe in front below and in front probably mm. okay so you're saying these they they were where sideburns would be for a, in front of and below your eyes. Well, okay, but your <laughs> eyes are also... If a human's eyes were where fishes were, they would be near the back of the head, right? Mm, so Great. Uh, You'd always be able to catch your students cheating. That's true. Um, we, we wandered through a, school of fish. A, a rainforest dome, and oh, there that was some neat. terrifying spiders. Giant, giant-ass spiders. And then there were some cockroaches that were like the size of baseballs. Oh. Yeah, they weren't really... They, no, they, were, they weren't that big. They were... I mean... They were what a couple inches across, though. Yeah, yeah. They were they were easily t- twice the dimension of the biggest cockroach I've ever seen, on both axes, and probably thickness too. I didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't try to stomp on one, though. My instincts did tell me to. Uh, there were a bunch of poisonous frogs. They were they were letting they were offering to let people lick them, but nobody was doing taking mm-hmm. it up on it. I tried to I tried to get Emily on board with my frog name. But she wasn't she wasn't having any of it. She doesn't Froge. understand that dog is good. I like that people can make up words and then argue about what the pronunciation should be. <laughs> sort of odd infinitum. Yeah. People who know what's up say dog. The uh, what else did we see at the, the there there was other cool stuff. Um. There was an earthquake exhibit, which I did not go into, which I'm kind of sad about, uh, but I had a beverage at the time, and I'm guessing that was probably not allowed. 
because it's it is they they take you in a room and then they shake the room as if you're in an earthquake, which <laughs> seems kind of cool. We saw some horrifying fish. The ocean is a oh, fucking yeah. nightmare. Oh, factory. just, just yeah. nature in general is horrible. I mean, it's mostly the stuff that you can get to on this continent. Not super, super horrifying. Like you have to go, you have to go like sort of deep into rainforest territory mm. before you get the like flying bugs the size of chickens. Those yeah, eel and like shrimp, that Australia. Eel, yeah, that eel and shrimp team was California coast, and they they were totally reasonable. I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out if I saw them in the ocean. I don't the know. ocean doesn't count as this continent, though. Continents are between oceans. Okay, well, what kind of terrifying nightmare fish are in the... You mean, like, freshwater well, he, fish? Well, Riff's argument was that nature in general is terrifying, and I was like, not North American nature. North American nature is adorable unless you get it under a microscope. <laughs> then everything is horrible. Like, if you ever looked at, like, your own eye in a microscope, it's terrifying. No. I mean, maybe I was terrified because I was forced into a room where a man removed my eye. Yeah, I was going to say, the, maybe, maybe the situation that permits such an activity is the horrifying part oh man what if you could trick a scientist by putting a mirror in instead of a microscope slide and then just fucking blow his mind oh that huh i wonder what that would even look like that'd be weird nothing i I don't imagine that running light back through a yeah like what what, optics what happens if you look through a telescope at a mirror at very close range i am guessing that you see a blurry nothing you might see your retinas. Because I don't think a telescope can focus on something that's that close. Uh, that's a good point. A microscope might be able to, though. No, I mean, this is this is all just wrong. Let's ask <laughs> Newton. Wasn't Newton the father of modern optics? Newt Gingrich? Might, he might have been, actually. Right, because he didn't... It was a Galileo that made the first telescope? Or gets credit eh, for it or something? Probably. Yeah, I don't... I, he I don't invented round of, things? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but then Newton invented clear things, like the Fig Newton. Oh, right. It's not for eating, it's for looking through. <laughs> what's your last, what's the last character on your cross-stitch? Uh, uh, I was going to guess it was Chuck Norris. No, it's a, uh, I don't know if I should say, I kind of want to save it as a surprise for all the people following me on Twitter. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, don't, don't then. You'll, fi- <laughs> you'll, you'll find out when it's done. So, given the pace so far, it could be some time. Twenty nineteen. <laughs> nah, probably middle of next week or next weekend. Is it going to be done, or do you have to do like a background? Uh, no, it, background is just black, so it'll be done apart from like, like uh, laundry fying it and uh, framing it. Laundry. What does laundryfying it mean? You know, like Dude. washing it. How would you wash it? Well, I would be I'd be way too afraid that it would just ruin all of my work. Well, yeah, you have to do it really gently. You have to like do that hand washing and like wool light or or whatever they whatever. But what does that just do take it to a dry cleaner? To just it. just to just to clean it, you know, to get the dust and hand oils and and uh, grime from the masking tape that's used to to hold the the edges from unraveling and so forth don't you also have to put like a border around it and then it's like some ironically obscene phrase <laughs> in what looks like a homespun grandma font <laughs> i i uh uh i could i don't know if there's enough room on this one i i have had uh some good ideas for samplers like that although unfortunately for the purpose of this joke i can't think of any off the top of my head what's what's the 
Oh, for this joke. Yes. I mean this. For, the joke for that, this, if, for, this unfortunately, for the purposes of a joke right now, that I would be yes. making, if I could think of something, I can't think of something. Exactly. Okay. Yes. A so, joke deferred is a joke denied. Riff. What, what <laughs> is a cross stitch stamp sampler like? Is that like a place that you practice your cross stitch? Is it? Is it like a a variety of thread types? <laughs> like what? What does it mean? I, for, I think. Why I, is that you word used? Yeah, I don't know. I associate it with like. The like the sampling of letter designs, maybe because the instructions for those things are always like just the alphabet. If you if you if you straight up followed the instructions, you would just have a cross stitch that was the oh. alphabet. But you're huh. you're supposed to use so, those so, letter designs to make your own message. I yeah, see. like home is where the fuck is. Yeah, for example. Okay. Oh, sorry. Where the fuck is the home? I'm old. <laughs> I'm getting my sentences backwards. <laughs> and it takes forever to say anything because I can only speak in needlework. <laughs> Did you see the that, like, uh, was it Metafilter thread about the the woman who, I think it was a woman who had, like, gotten these... Um, cards from her grandmother when she was a kid um i guess i actually you know i have no idea what the gender of the person was this person posted and uh got these cards from their grandmother when they were a kid that um were just a bunch of letters and they they couldn't figure out what they meant and so one was posted i think it was metafilter um and was like hey do you guys have any idea what this could mean and they started figuring it out that they were like prayers basically it was just the first letter of words from prayers because hmm. um, like the our father was in there i think oh so it was like a rosary so it was kind just like of. a way of reminding like a way of m- orating a long prayer without having to have the whole thing written down. except so that was like part but it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a memory aid necessarily it was like this woman pr- like praying in her final weeks for like you know keep the family safe and stuff like that so like they started trying to, to oh take, like they were edu- handwritten not like they were yeah okay i thought this was like a printed product. no no no. this was a handwritten index card with just letters written on it which had been sort of like family mystery for years because it was just stuff that she was writing down yeah and like, she was only writing she, couldn't, first she wasn't really talking at that point and she was just writing mm. stuff down and like they weren't sure if it was just like crazy rambling or what but it people pretty pretty convincingly figured out that it was like you know dear god please you know, keep me and my family safe. Dear God, please, you know, give give everyone what they what they need or whatever. You know, like that Wait, kind of stuff. Are you sure everything was starting with Dear God, please, or was it Dear Gomer Pile? <laughs> Clean up the mess in the kitchen. Right. Dear Gomer Pile. Protect our nation from foreign threats. A friend of mine had either an aunt or a grandmother or or some elderly female relative that went kind of nutty in the in the end and started uh cross-stitching and embroidering pillows with slogans like them what dies first are the lucky ones. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great. Actually. <laughs> like that's a, that's a, that's a good like zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Pillow there. yeah. Why is it, why is it that old people aren't all fucked up? Uh. Sometimes they are. <laughs> no, what I mean is, like, everyone that we know 
you know, likes a ribald joke. Uh huh. Why don't old people like ribald jokes? They do. Oh, do many, they? many, sure. many do. They never tell them. There is the idea of a dirty old man, but a young man is supposed to be dirty. Carlin. A young man is supposed to eye little girls with bad intent. <laughs> Wait, maybe not that that level, but. I mean, are you talking about like the the old people that are like super proper because they yeah? They why don't they? Raised... Why don't old ladies cuss? Why aren't there more samplers that say home is where the fuck is? Why is it all like I love my family and also Jesus? I think you just don't hang out with the right old people. Yeah, I guess I don't. Maybe there's a special home for them. It's like a party <laughs> home. Yeah, I bet it's a riot. <laughs> it's MTV Beach the home. <laughs> I think it's also possible that. That we have gotten more ribald in our, I don't think so. Public I think people, personas. I think people liked a ribald joke. Well, but I think sure, maybe but, it was yeah, maybe it was not more private. Yeah, and now we just swear all the fucking time on podcasts. And I don't. Who cares? You swear in front of children, and you think that that's okay, and I yell at you. I don't necessarily think it's okay so much as I just don't think about it at all. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because children should be should be neither seen nor heard. That's your philosophy. I don't, oh, yeah, I, I, don't I can't notice. subscribe to that. <laughs> Invisible children that you don't know if they're coming. Oh, that's a terrible that's idea. creepy. Yeah, but if you don't know that they're there, <clears throat> they can't have done any harm. Well, but they can still they can still punch you in the nads. That's then you would. They know can that set up there. traps. Yeah. Okay, I don't think you guys are really. They could be watching you while you're sleeping. I mean, all of these things are true about could ghosts. Steal and your you don't, breath. You don't sit around worrying about ghosts all yeah, the time. Yeah, I do. Uh, okay, yeah, I maybe you don't. <laughs> D G P U F G. Um, <laughs> dear Gomer Pyle, ah, fucking ghosts. <laughs> I should have worked that out so it was. Dear ghosts, please fuck off <laughs> and stop bothering me. <laughs> Ah, oh, boy. Uh, what's your uh, plan? Yeah, I, I, I've been playing some video games. Do you want to yeah. hear about them? Yes, sure. Yes, uh, I do. So it took me three days, but I managed to purchase, download, and play a game on my PS Vita. Whoa. Oh, hey, I did that too. What'd you play? Did you play Ollie Ollie? Because that's what I played. No, I played um, Guacamelee. Ooh, is that good? Is it a. It is. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a Metroidvania, um, and it is. Is it? Yep. It is. It gets a little not what I expected like at all. in the latter half or third. It gets a little more platforming uh, intensive than your regular Metroidvania. But it is. Based it the, is definitely a Metroidvania. I, I thought it was, like, it was a, like a fighting game or yeah. like a tactics game. I I, was, I always looked at that and thought that is not a game that I want to play. I saw screenshots and the and the name and always assumed oh this is some sort of fighting game that I'm just not interested. Yeah, in. Yeah, like it was a Smash Brothers or something. Mm, no, oh yeah, no, it's not like a one-on-one fighting game. The the combat in it is is lo- a little bit more, you know, combo-y in the se- in the in the sense of a fighting game like, I don't know, Final Fight or something. But uh uh yeah, it's straight up a Metroidvania. The the, the different moves and powers you get are things that are also used to unlock uh gates throughout the world that you travel around in. Huh. And uh, there's a the theme Riff, is you need to get outside cool. and buy some fucking tamales right now. <laughs> wow, I, uh, I'm amazed you heard that because I, I barely noticed it, actually. <laughs> actually, uh, I don't think that guy sells tamales. I think that guy sells those weird wagon, the, yeah, those, those deep fried wagon wheel things. Yeah. Huh. Don't they also have like the, the ice cream? Yeah, they might treats. have a cooler with, with some heladas on it. It's a mobile heladeria. Mm. Uh, Speaking of guacamole, which is. 
which is nice because it's all Mexican uh, Mexican wrestler and Day of the Dead themed. Do you throw shurikens that are like those deep fried weird wheels? Oh, that would be weird. I don't think they would be effective weapons. They'd probably just sort of crunch. Have you seen uh, any? thing about Aztez, the game that uh, Ben Ruiz and Matt Wagner are making? No, I don't think I've heard of that. So that's like, that's the, the moment-to-moment gameplay is more sort of beat-em-up, like, fighter. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really cool visuals. It's like a very interesting sort of Aztec um, Mesoamerican kind of art style, all in black and white, and then when you beat people up, there's like a lot of blood splattered everywhere, and you can like soak up the blood which gives you like power-ups and stuff Ooh. but then that game is it turns out is like a huge empire management game and the fighting is just like the moment-to-moment stuff to like expand or control your territory yeah, and stuff. Oh, like an empire management game where the battles played out as like a brawler yeah, so that's really yeah. Brawler. that sounds kind of cool yeah no i'm 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 pretty excited about that game it's like ben is a really amazing artist and the stuff I've seen has been pretty impressive, and you can do all these crazy, crazy combos. Like he really likes sort of cool combo fighting games, so mm. I think I think that's going to be interesting. I think that might come out later this year. Did you ever play? There's a really old school uh, Broderbund game called um, Ancient Art of War. Yeah, yeah. I, I played, played a lot, lot of, of Ancient Art of War at sea. I, I never played, played Ancient Art of War. On oh, I never played land. the sea one, but I, I played the heck out of. Out of the original, and also the, the ancient art of war at sea is where I learned what a poop deck was. <laughs> I used to I used to play with the map editor a lot and set up terrible situations that would cause Sun Tzu to surrender as soon as the game loaded, and I'd say, <laughs> "No, you don't, buddy." <laughs> you just crush. Yep. There was like a campaign on that, right? Like you, yeah. You like worked your way across a continent or something. I, I it's been twenty years since I played that. Game. Yeah, that was like a CGA game that yeah that I managed yeah. to play a lot of. Yeah, I, really I played enjoyed it, it on the old uh, black and white Macintosh. Uh, Ollie Ollie is like a it's like Cannibal only on a skateboard with fixed levels and uh, like goals. You, there are like five stars to earn by doing different kinds of tricks and stuff. It is it is fun, but it is so difficult to get into a flow of it because. Hmm. When you are going to land on something to grind on it, you have to... Like, the way that you, you're skateboarding along, and the way that you do anything is by, like, doing a move with the left analog stick. So, like, you do a Hadouken, and you'll do, like, a kickflip, something, something. And then, before you land, you have to hit one of the face buttons right when you land. Hmm. And... If you don't, what happens? Uh, you just... You, cur- you, you wipe, wipe out, out. and the... Uh, like, I think you... If you don't... It depends on where you've wiped out. Like, if you fall down bad enough, then... It's just you start the level over. The levels okay. are pretty short. They're, like, less than a minute. But but in order to grind on something, you have to, like, hit down on the left stick again to, to, to do it. And so I'll just be going along, going along, doing some tricks, getting a big combo going. And then when it's time to land, instead of fucking hitting the button, I will just hit the left analog stick and just wipe out. And it's like, oh, well, you might as well have not done any of that. Oh, I, don't, that I don't understand why it is so, so difficult to internalize the controls of it. Hmm. Do, you, do you simultaneously have to hit a button on the right hand side and no no you don't have to do like you you basically don't have you, you, there's a button that you press to like kick and speed up right okay. and then you also have to press that button to land a trick but that's it like there's just that one button and all the, the other tricks that you're doing oh, are done stick. by like doing moves with the analog stick okay so but when you but, I'm, but when you land to grind don't you, you don't hit the button 
you have to hit the stick down. And so you get used to... Oh. So it's like you're jumping and you're, you're, you're doing four things where you're landing on a rail and grinding. And then the fifth thing is you're landing on the ground. It, it's like stick, 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 button. I Except see. it's always stick, 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 fuck. Uh, okay. Yeah, Guaca, the, the later platforming difficulties on uh, Guacamole sort of had that problem where you've got... I mean, you've so many different moves that you that you're using for like midair control because there's there's different uppercuts and debt. Well, there is an uppercut and a dash and a double jump, and they're all different buttons. And then you have the right, right trigger, which um, moves you back and forth between the light world, dark world. And so wow. when there are walls that you need to use for wall jump, that some of them only exist in the light world and some of them only exist in the dark world, you've got your movement with the left stick and then you need to do like a jump pattern that uses three face buttons and the right trigger. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. That seems like it would be cool for like a optional super hard mode power up. So I mean, most of those, cool. yeah, most of those are power uh, optional power ups like health, uh, you know, like a heart containers but it's cool that your fighting moves are also your mobility moves though that's yeah, yeah. that's super satisfying yeah you that don't get you don't get a regular out. double jump for a long time for like the first <clears throat> half of the game the only double jump you have is the uppercut which you can do midair that's cool nice that was uh sort of how that game that i don't remember how it worked uh i can never remember the name of this game it was a ds game that was by the henry hatsworth people and you were like a girl with a gun and it was a really badly designed Metroidvania because it was always just like, go to the end of this long level oh. and get this power up. Is that so the one we did one. for the assignment? We did, I think. Monster, yeah. ta Monster Tail? Or yeah. yeah, something Where like you that. Where you were also like leveling up some dudes. Yeah, that critter. Yeah, yeah. Right. something like Monster Tail. Tale of Monsters. Tale of Tales. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tales of Games. Tales of Games. Uh... I've been playing a bunch of Hearthstone again. Oh, too. yeah? Yeah, gotten super back into that. There's a lot of discussion in our forums about Hearthstone. And well, the open beta started, so there's a lot more people right. in it now than uh, before. Like, honestly, that amount of discussion has really turned me off to the game. Really? Really? Yeah, like the fact that there's all these crazy, like, like all these people that are like super into making like really powerful builds and stuff like that. It's just, I want a game that's way more casual than that sounds like it well, is. Well, it's casual if you play it casually. Sure. Yeah. Right, I mean, it's you. You just you start doing well, and then you start losing. Mm. I mean, that's so that's your reward. Right, that sucks. Yeah, no, it does. It does actually. Like, I've floored out at the place where I can't lose rank by losing matches anymore. Okay, or where I can lose like you, you floored out. Yeah, so you start out at like rank twenty five, and then the more games you win, you like rank up and start being pitted against better Hard. opponents. And for a while, like. And I don't, I don't exactly know how to describe this. For a while, you can't go down in rank. Like, losses don't cost you anything. Like, but once you get to 20... 20 losses? Any wins... Or... No, 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 rank 20. I see. You start out at rank 25, and then you, like, sort of level up through, and then they see I see. the top tiers are the ones where uh, oh, they invite you saying. to BlizzCon to play. <clears throat> but, like, once you're rank 20... Losses. Losses will kick you back down to rank 20. So I'm just, like, floored at the bottom of that range just losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and it's like not it's just not fun to play are people able to like play. manipulate their rank so they can no i think there's enough people playing that the matchmaking works pretty well it's just that like i've gotten to the point where i'm not good enough to progress mm. by winning half of my games you know but i'm also 
like like I'm being pitted against people who are better than me, and I can't get downranked to be playing against people who are worse than those people. Well, that's that's my problem. Is like why why are they not is not why is there not some sort of invisible ELO system in the background? I'm guessing that there is. Just to sort of pit people, make better matches. It's a frustrating thing about competitive games for me in general is that <clears throat> the ideal matchmaking pits you against people such that you lose half of your games and you win half of your games, but that sucks. Losing half of your games fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, eh, yeah, you know. What I want is I want competitive Hearthstone against AIs. Right. Hmm. Uh, that's all I ever want out of games that people play competitively is I want to play co-op two versus AI. Hmm. Huh. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Maybe. You and I never did play any StarCraft 3. No. Because it doesn't exist yet. Sure. <laughs> we should play some Super Time Force. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, it is also not out yet, but... Uh, by the virtue of time travel, we should be able to play it right now. <laughs> uh, I played a little bit more of that. Uh, I guess they finally, they, there was the full release of Might and Magic X Legacy. Um, still, just a lot of spiders. I think I did eventually kill some Nagas. There were two kinds of Nagas. One was a spellcaster that just ruined me. One was a sword guy. But yeah, a lot of spiders. Okay. I mostly kill spiders in that game and you mostly get poisoned you kind of move around the map okay it's pretty might and magic um, you're making it sound super awesome <laughs> the the skill system is is weird because like the important thing to do in the early might and magic games is give everyone the ranged weapon like the best ranged weapon that you can get them because you do so much more of your damage at range, if you play it tactically before stuff has right. the, can get up on you, and <clears throat> do you have to switch you. to a no, to a no. There's just a button. To, there's a button to fire your ranged weapons. Oh, it's a little weird. It's a little weird the stuff that they've done in this one. Like in the original Might and Magic games, you didn't switch into like a turn-based mode where you were like controlling each party member individually until, until you were in combat. Now. You're sort of in that mode all the time. So in the original Might and Magic games, one of your moves was for everyone to shoot their ranged weapon, or you could cast a spell. Oh, wow. But everyone shooting their ranged weapon, if you had good ranged weapons, was just crazy powerful. It's kind of... I mean, it's arguably kind of broken from a balance standpoint, because you've got all these systems for, like, close quarters combat. But that, there's also a lot of, like, getting beaten up and having to go back to the temple and heal your dudes <laughs> if you lose a lot of fights. So just get a lot of arrows and don't lose a lot of fights. And in this one... Like, each person's move gives the enemies a chance to move. So it's like you end up doing this weird stuff where it's like you got to cycle through, but time doesn't pass until everyone... No, I guess that's... It's, I guess I was wrong about that. It isn't that they get to move between every person's move. It's that everyone has to move before a turn goes by. Unless you move your party, which counts as a move for everybody, which uh, is weird. So it's sort of it's like just, uh, Legend of Grimrock? I guess maybe it's like thought, Legend of Grimrock. I thought Legend of Grimrock just passed in real time, and it was like, if you clicked fast enough, you oh, could do that's, more Yeah, stuff. I guess it isn't turn-based in Grimrock, true. But, but it's, more like those, it's more like the games that that is a kind of a descendant of, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to articulate the way that the turn ordering works, because it's just, it's kind of confusing, and it's not presented super well. But, but it's like, there's just a lot of, like, getting ambushed and having to, like... 
I feel like there's just a lot more management associated with doing the normal things like moving around and shooting dudes with arrows and hitting dudes with spells and Do stuff in this than there were in the previous. Do you start in close quarters in fights much? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Well, because you like you'll see an enemy but the the dungeon corridors are narrow enough that you can't sort of lure them out into a hallway. It was weird. Like, Might and Magic 4, Might and Magic 3 and 4 had a lot more kind of open space. Like fighting outdoors? There was a lot of fighting outdoors, but I mean, outdoors... Yeah, I mean, I guess outdoors was more or less just completely open. You know, it, but even in towns, like, rooms were 4x4 four four or 5x5 five five squares. A lot of times there were long hallways. And, you know, you would sometimes get ambushed into close combat by bashing down a door, and there were monsters on the other side of the door. Um, mm, right. But it... You know, more often than not, unless you charge into an area that's crawling with enemies, you can pick off a lot of dudes. And if it's like a powerful enemy down the way, you can cast a spell instead of everybody shooting. And, uh, you know, most of the really good spells have really good range also. Um, But yeah, this, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it or not. It's like, it is a game that I'm very much glad that it exists. And I'm glad that somebody is making that kind of game. I just wish it was a little better. Mm. Hmm. Like, I would rather play Might and Magic 4 than continue to play this, because it's just got a bunch of... You know, it's like you go into a... There's just a lot of weird interface choices. You go into a building where there's some NPCs in there, and I didn't realize for a really long time that there was a set of portraits at the top that were the different people that were in that building, and each of them had a different dialogue tree. So I probably missed a bunch of quests. And also, there's very little non-linearity to it, at least in the beginning, which is always been a strength of the Might and Magic games is that you can kind of just go anywhere from the beginning. In the later games, you just had like, well, when I say the later games, I mean 3, 4, and 5. You just had like a teleporter in the starting town that if you knew the names of the places, you could just go anywhere. Whoa. In the game. Like, you could just teleport to the end boss <laughs> on like the fifth move if you wanted to. Whoa. And you were going to get killed because you're not leveled up for it. But, like, that's weird. But you can do, I mean, what it means is that you can do these things like go into a dangerous area, don't fight anything, just run up to one of the, like, monster layers. Because that game was filled with, like, in Mind Magic 3, that game was filled with, like, goblins will spawn in this area regularly until you find their camp and destroy it. And when you do, you just get a bunch of gold and a bunch of XP and a bunch of treasure. And then there aren't that many goblins anymore. But if you go to a difficult area, you can, like, sort of dash in, kill a layer of some tough monster, get a shitload of XP, and then go back. Nah, it's like... Huh. The, there are just these these sort of gameplay benefits to the openness of that world. And this just doesn't seem to... This seems to be really... There's, like, one sort of place. There's one little dungeon underneath the first town. You can't leave until you finish it. Like, there's just... A, there's a lot of just modern video game gating. Maybe you just there. need to know the p- names of places. I couldn't ever find a teleporter, though, so... Who knows if they're there? Maybe you need to know the name of the teleporter. Okay, I need to. I need to know the name of the guy to talk to about a teleporter. Yeah. Uh, oh man, we played a a short but fun game with a terrible name called Dinetzel. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about that one. <laughs> it's it's so it's a it is a it is a portmanteau of dice net puzzle. Oh, I did play that. That's awesome. I really yeah. enjoyed that. So, so it is essentially like they, they refer to the uh, six-sided die having 11 nets, which are 11 different ways to sort of flatten it out. Um, I don't know if that counts rotations. Excuse me. Probably not. 
but anyway, I, I and it's like uh, I didn't hear what you said. Doesn't count for as, uh, as doesn't a count rotations. Oh, okay. I don't know if it does or not. I could probably work it out if I had a piece of graph paper, but I'm not going to. Uh, anyway, and you know that like you're told that the opposite faces of a die always have to add up to seven. So then you're given uh, an unfolded die, and you have to fill in the numbers on the faces. And then you're start you're started you're started to give. D- <laughs> Uh, puzzles that are combinations of these nets that overlap on certain numbers. So you can't figure out what a side is until you've figured out the other side of one of the two or three or four dice that it's a part of. It it becomes a weird logic puzzle. It's not really... There are some very minor sort of spatial manipulation elements to the puzzles, but once you've done sort of one of each of them, it's like, oh yeah, like... Uh, this is the opposite side from this and this is the opposite Mm -hmm. side from this and you just start kind of seeing that and it just becomes more like how do I get the information that I need to figure out which pair of numbers these two blocks contain yeah Yeah. there are like 10 puzzles in the entire game yep super super short and quick but very really nice I'd like to see it really does seem like you could write a generator for yeah definitely the I uh I don't like it quite as much as I like Nurikabe, but it is definitely the the slickest new like straight logic puzzle like that that I've seen in a long time. It's um I don't know man I don't like any of those kinds of logic puzzles. The Japanese but I like style this. ones. Yeah. Do you like bridges? Have you done those before? Is that the thing where that probably has a Japanese name that I'm? I think it's Hashi. Where there's where there's like an uh, there's a there's a, a region with a number in it, and that's how many bridges go between it and one of its neighbors. Yeah. And the bridges always have to go in a straight line. Yep. No, I don't it really can't cross and stuff. Th- that's that is more comprehensible to me. Like that feels way easier to me than like the ones where you have to, the ones where it's like there's the little square the little circles that are colored in a way that determines whether a line passes straight through it or, it or bends oh, yes. around it yeah. like boy I, I what, what is that those, those are the... those are tough yeah what about picross oh i actually like picross a lot yeah picross is good stuff i don't understand what it is about these things that are very similar and that a lot of people who like one like the other and some of them are just of zero interest to me like sudoku like i just yeah sudoku is, is so boring, boring. yeah it is like, boring it's it is super constrained, so it's easy to to think about. I can understand somebody saying that Picross is boring. I mean, I think a lot of people don't like Picross or think that it's too easy as a logic puzzle. It's there, there are there some are hard ones. Some you can make hard, hard ones. Yeah, there are also some super hard Sudoku too. Like Picross has the advantage that you're you're sort of chiseling your way towards a picture, so it's sort of right. I don't know archaeological. A more a more interesting reward. Yeah, for completion. Yeah. I like multicolor pick cross, like not where it colors it in after you finish, but right. where you actually have multiple colors to put on the grid because those have way more interesting logical constraints too, um, and that's that makes it more challenging. Yeah, those are but definitely I don't, I don't see more those difficult very often. in my experience. Yeah. Ah oh, man. They released a Dungeon Keeper iOS game that is awful. Oh, yeah, like right. it's just like let's just take Dungeon Keeper and make it into Farmville. It's it's like oh, so disappointing. Sad. Gross. It's you know, you, you start to mine out a chunk. This is fucking great. You're like, oh there's another there's another like gold mine over to this side. I'm gonna tell my imps to mine out this chunk. And it's like you, you normally mine out a chunk of rock and it's like fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds, but then this one has a four hour timer. <laughs> and then there's other ones that have like a day timer. But you yeah, of course you can pay some gems to speed that right up. Oh, right? Of course. Like 
<laughs> and it seems like it, it would it has what is potentially an interesting structure because you're like building a base and then there are these challenge you you switch into like a challenge mode where all right now you're in the mode where enemies are spawning in and enemies are spawning in to like they're coming out of your gold mine right it sort of makes sense and there are fixed points where they come out of so you're both like sort of building a dungeon and making it into a kind of a tower defensey maze sort of thing you can put rock back hmm. which it it is potentially a super interesting game if you could just buy it and then play it and then there were levels that were designed for it right you know. the the thing that i felt always made it so dungeon keeper fell a little short for me was it seemed like a really bad st- strategic combat game tacked onto an interesting sim all right because dungeon keeper you could you could zoom in and take direct control of a guy, right. couldn't you? Yeah, you could in the in the second one. That was one of the big features because it was the second one was actually in three D instead of just being sprite based. But oh, did, I guess we never played Dungeon Keeper one. We just played the the two, right? Yeah, because huh. um, I did not play the original. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was pretty similar. You huh. know, it didn't have. I, I think it didn't have quite as interesting a campaign. But it like it just always seemed to fall flat for me once the fighting started because it was like, well, what you have to do is just like click on some icons to pick up all of your dudes and then drop all of your dudes where all of their dudes are and then just kind of let it play out in a mm. not super interesting real-time strategy right. game. And this was like, all right, well, this is Dungeon Keeper, except that you're building a dungeon and then you're playing it like it's a, uh, what was that? that tower defense game that you got super into with the springboards that tossed the night guys back. Oh, right. Uh, Dungeon Heroes or something? Something. I can, yeah, I could look it up. Yeah. So it, it becomes kind of a that sort of a game. Like, you, you put in traps that are t- sort of more tower defense kind of traps. Did we talk about Castle Doombad last Tiny, time? Tiny Heroes. Tiny Heroes. Uh, uh, we have not. I put that on the game assignment a suggestion list i had played doom bad yeah it was like an adult swim release for ios i played all the i had already played all the way through it Mm. Um, but i think i just forgot to say anything about it because i don't remember talking about it it's it's a lot of like it's like a 2d tiny heroes like dudes come in and you you're tiny heroes is 2d though well okay it's a hmm. one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah, it's one D. Just yeah, in line. It's like that one yeah. D Wolfenstein. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like side. It's like a side view, right? So you, oh, you oh, can oh, like I see. you can build things on the ceiling and on the floor okay. and on the wall, which is kind of interesting. And like there huh. are ladders that the guys can go up that you can't put stuff on the wall or the ceiling. But then you can set up traps that like drip down through holes and cover multiple floors and stuff. Interesting. It's it's kind of aggravating though from a tower defense standpoint because halfway through the level or sometimes at fixed points like two or three times during a level it will add another floor and the thing that they're trying to get to will go up and so if you build like resource producing machines they suddenly are super vulnerable um, halfway through which is I mean that's that that's fine for a game to be like that it's just a little more dissatisfying to me they will also like the dudes will start using siege ladders to come in on taller on higher floors so sometimes like Hmm. Getting all of the stars on a level, which you do by like not ever having your princess get touched, okay, uh, is often very difficult because it'll just do like a f- an initial hard wave, which 
are very difficult to kill given your initial set of resources. Right. And that you can definitely kill them by having them traverse the castle twice because they have right. to like get the to get the princess and carry her out. And does she stay where she was dropped? Or does she, she does have... until the castle rearranges itself between waves, and uh. then you get like a gargoyle grabs her and carries her to her new location. And they'll he'll do that wherever she is, like whether she's in her original spot or has been dropped off. I see. Um, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's there were I think some microtransaction-y bullshits that you could do. I think there was like a coin doubler and stuff, but I was able to beat... I didn't like 100% it, but I was able to beat the entire game and unlock the like endless mode without paying anything other than the $5 that the game cost. Hmm. Which is... It's like, whatever. I mean, I understand companies wanting to be able to get a bunch of money from people that get really into their games. Like, it makes sense, right? Like, some people really want to see every corner of this thing, and so they'll give you 20 bucks or whatever instead of the five that you charge for it. But the more that happens, the more I think people are going to be more and more resistant to it, you know? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it's possible that this kind of game, this sort of free-to-play iOS game, will hit the same kind of wall that like Farmville-style games hit on Facebook, where it's like the their market is just fatigued and it's not going to work anymore. I would like to think that at that point, maybe those companies will be like, hey, you know what? Uh, we just have a new microtransaction that's $3, just get everything, whatever. Like on this game that isn't selling anything anymore, isn't making any money, but they probably won't do that. I don't think there are enough people who feel the way that we do about these kind of things to be a blip on the radar of a company that really only cares oh, about Oh, you mean a com- like like people that would like to actually just play it <clears throat> but not have to go through all these paywalls and stuff? Yeah. Huh. There are people who are bothered by those things. Well, uh, we're on kind of a time crunch here because the girls are recording here right after that, so we should probably move on. I had a news story that I thought was interesting. Okay. Uh, Funcom got dinged for, like, insider trading. Apparently uh, the Norwegian equivalent of the SEC came, like, on... As a few days ago, and like shut him down, sent everybody home, and the old the CEO who left after dumping like a million shares of stock uh, right before the Secret World came out. Um, Is this going to have any implications on their games that are running? They're saying no, but like, what would they say? Right, yeah. right. They're like, oh, yep, yep, we're fucked. Like Funcom <laughs> has been a constant source of amazement to me for the last like twelve years. In the sense of how the fuck is this company still in business? Like they keep releasing these MMOs that are just like I I guess the Secret World is probably not categorical categorically just a massive failure because it's still running and they still have a small team of people adding content to it. And I like the game, but it is not very good. Like I like the game because I really like the atmosphere and I am willing to put up with a bunch of janky MMO bullshit in order to see that kind of stuff. But, like, I mean, Age of Conan was just, it was just, that was, like, this crazy bait-and-switch thing where it's like, hey, the first level of the game is, like, everything is voiced and everything is really good and there's all this bespoke content and stuff, and then you get out into the world and it's like, whoa, you only finished one zone. (laughs) Like, and Anarchy Online, like, the Old Man Murray article about Anarchy Online was not even a little bit of an exaggeration. It was like the most broken piece of software at launch. It was just like 
and I really liked the idea of it. I really liked the way that they're like they. I think because they didn't have the money to actually develop a bunch of content for it, they ended up just kind of doing a bunch of weird, randomly generated systemic stuff for items and spells, and, and it was it was kind of interesting. You know, the randomly generated missions, but mostly they were just like sort of mirror doors that didn't go anywhere, like just crash halfway through, like when you would open a door, like, oh, guess this mission's not going to work because I opened a door, right? It's like super Skinner boxy because it's like, well, there could be treasure behind this door or there could be a game-ending bug behind <laughs> this door. And, and it also, it had these like huge open world, massive amounts of geography with just nothing in it. Um, not even monsters a lot of the time. They didn't even have, like, random mobs spawned running hmm. around. It was crazy how bad it was. And it was like, well, this company's doomed. But nope, still here, still making MMOs, still making new MMOs 12, 13 years later. It's astonishing. Maybe it's just uh, one person in somebody's basement. Just no, 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 I don't think so. We met somebody that worked there. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Man, the stories that we heard about the itemization there where it was like the people the people writing the items the people writing the names and theming on the items didn't get to choose which models were used on those items uh. for some reason so it just made no sense yeah the, the like art the, did not match the yeah the items that dropped just no, just made no sense it was that like there was a thing that I later found out was supposed to be modeled after Indiana Jones's pistol Right, and it was named after the like fake brand of pistol that it was, but it was just a big fucking laser gun. I was like, I don't get why this big laser gun is named Stembridge. Like, what is like? And turns out nobody else did either because it, I, I don't know what the fuck. What is what could possibly be the process whereby the people writing the content. Well, we're they like, have to write it before the art gets made. Not allowed to and know what it looks like. there's, like, artists that are making stuff after the fact or something. Like, who knows what But it has to be done in an order, right? I mean, it was I mean, like... That is it's a like bad the, order. It's like, all right, we're doing... This. The most popular Norwegian game show is how how much of a video game can you develop where no one is allowed to talk to anyone else? <laughs> like, like, the guy doing the netcode thinks it's a fucking racing game. So I mean, that explains a lot of the instance encounters, I guess. <laughs> There's no uh, there's no space on the on the form they're submitting to include <laughs> expl- explanatory stuff for the art designers. Did you guys did you guys news any news? Well, I mean, so this week was a rough week for Zynga, right? They uh, they laid off like 314 people, which I guess is 15 oh, or 20. I read that they killed them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, laying off has different different uh, oh, that's meanings. Better. Oh, they took care of 314 yeah. employees. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then an hour oh, man, later, do you think they, if it was 314, right? Do you think they made them stand in a circle? I think they probably did. Yeah, and then just shot them all yeah. with uh, laying off one employee. Uh, and then an hour later, announced that they were buying a different company for 600 million dollars. So <clears throat> it was it was sort of bittersweet. Um, it's the company that made that clumsy ninja. Yeah, they apparently made, they have some sort of engine products that hopefully Zing is apparently excited about for yeah. some reason. They make CSR racing, which has done really well for some reason. That's like a mobile version of like a like a drag racing game, um, but you can like customize cars and buy vintage cars with microtransactions. Yeah, that seems like a 
bro phone game. Clumsy Ninja has main, has maintained a spot in near the top of the list for a long time, and I don't exactly understand why. It's there is no game there. It is just like a feeding and maintenance. It's it's more like a I guess like a Tamagotchi than a game. Um, which I guess people like Tamagotchi stuff. It just doesn't mm-hmm. sell itself that way, right? Like it has a plot. It, it like theoretically has this plot where you are going to rescue somebody and I, and I played it for a while I was like okay well you know maybe this is just like teaching you how to play the game or whatever and then it just you just never leave the training grounds ever and what well, was the person you're trying to rescue just somewhere in the training grounds no she's like been kidnapped <laughs> oh she was inside that punching bag the whole time and now she's <laughs> dead and it's your fault twist <laughs> you could do like a super tutorial game where just the entire game was tutorials That'd be kind of interesting, actually. You could do it as like a WarioWare, where it's actually little mini games, but 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 each mini game is is framed as being like a tutorial, like teaching you how to do something that then you never ever have to do again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in this case, it's teaching you how to do something that you then do a thousand more times to level up for no reason. So, yeah, I don't, but and yet that's super popular. Because you do you like tickle his feet so he does push-ups and stuff. Like it's isn't it just super like cute and weird. And it he gets is, mad at you and hides behind a tree, and then you gotta. There is a bunch of cuteness to it. You can tickle him. You can like rub his head. You can pick him up and throw him around. And like he has that. Like one of the things they have is a sort of a an interesting ragdoll physics. That's sort. Of, I mean, the company is called Natural Motion, and they uh, their main product was this like sort of very naturalistic body simulator that they licensed to like Grand Theft Auto. Riff, what's new with you? Um, I didn't really notice anything of interest other than that um, the PS Vita Slim got announced for Europe, but not yet North America. So I don't, I do not yet have to feel like a dummy for uh, for having imported one a week ago. <laughs> PS Vita uh, Slim was the most confusing cowboy. <laughs> what, what is the advantage of the Slim? Just a better form factor, like a DS Lite? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more comfortable to hold. It's a little lighter. Uh, battery life is a little bit better. Um, and it has a gigabyte of onboard storage, uh, which is not much, but it, it holds like two games uh, mm. before you have to buy the stupid proprietary uh, memory card. Oh, and it it charges with a regular USB cable instead of a bullshit Sony exclusive cable. Oh, wow. Huh. And the the thing that everyone's bitching about it is that it it has a regular LCD screen instead of the OLED screen. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't have a I've, I don't have a regular Vita to compare it to. But it's it's a perfectly good looking screen. It's really nice. I can't imagine a screen being significantly better than what this one is. I also can't imagine any product being created without somebody being an asshole about some decision <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, made. Yeah, true. Plus, I've heard that OLED screens have longevity issues, so I'm perfectly fine well, with it being a little bit organic, less They're organic, right? So they yeah. must die. <laughs> huh. Wow. It's just tiny fish sideburns. <laughs> there was this, the, one of the weirdest things that happened to me, there was a tiny, tiny little bug inside my monitor crawling on the inside of my monitor screen. Ugh. Uh, and I was like, like, I kept like 
trying to rub it off and it was just like running around and doing shit and I was like what the fuck and then I like rubbed a little too hard and killed it and now I just have what is a dead bug in front of like a corner of one of my pixels so it's like not a dead pixel exactly but it's weird effectively that a a literally dead pixel yeah (laughs) So. Well, no. I mean, it's literally dead, but it is not literally a pixel. So I think <laughs> it's I a think literally the dead machine. figurative pixel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool news. Hey, you guys. This assignment: lost toys. Yeah. yeah. Boy, our forums loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Did they? It's not for me. I'll tell you. It. It. I, it was. Really I think it's looked good. But yeah, it looks cool and it's and it's and it's atmospheric. But I like basically I got to that dog, which is the same place that I got. So when we played it on the TV at the launch party, that was the point at which I was so embarrassed by my inability to accomplish anything that I was just like, you know what? Somebody else can play this now. It, it took, is someone else's turn. It took a to lot of people. This fucking dog. A lot of tries to get past that level at the at the launch event. That level, I think, starts to. <coughs> it, it indicates why the game doesn't work for me. At least is I could not I could not look at that dog in a variety of the bad configurations and understand what was wrong with it like hmm. it wasn't clear when things weren't lining up like the hmm. the, mm-hmm. the the designs of the toys made it there was only one level where I I think it was the hippo where I had something and I was like okay this like as far as I can tell this is done maybe it was the alligator like, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with my solution to the ballerina, for instance, and like, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just try rotating. I, I one could of usually, these I could when when it didn't solve, I could usually be like, oh, okay, like this. It's usually a middle section, and it's usually just inverted because it's supposed to be like on the other side, or like the the wood grain doesn't match up, which is an indication that oh. it's the wrong mm. thing. Like you can, you, there are there are often some subtler visual cues that that'll explain what's going on. I kind of wish that there was a mode where the things were colored to begin with. Because mm. I felt like the that would help. Yeah, the the visual aesthetic, though it looked cool, it looked like a you know it. They really got the aesthetic of like an old gross wood thing. It really interfered with your ability to often understand what the shape was even supposed to be. Like what what the fuck is that clown headed pyramid? Yeah, that one is weird. That, that in so the like that second is... level. Like what was that? Even after it was filled in, I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? I don't know. It just like a clown ziggurat. <laughs> yeah, like I. But that's not what these kids' parents were terrible. Um, so like the first chapter was super basic, and I feel like that like went by and felt satisfying. And that's like when I played that uh, when I played the the game as a demo at PAX. That's all I played, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is this game seems really cool, and like I feel like it has a lot of promise. And the second chapter it starts to introduce a little bit more. Um, variety and a couple of like sort of funky uh, angles and stuff like that. But then like chapter three, it, the the difficulty curve just sort of explodes. I feel like. The, I mean, I think that there is a point for every individual person at which it goes from like this is a thing I can keep in my head to this is no longer a thing. I like it feels huh. like for everyone there's a difficulty wall rather than a, dif- a difficulty curve, and your spatial skills is what determines where that wall oh, that's is. Interesting. So okay. for me, it was that fucking dog. Like, all right, I think. Huh. I, I didn't even get out of the first area before I just said nah. I, it, if if it, if there was a mode that let you just fiddle with the toys 
indefinitely instead of that's, being restricted that next, to a certain number of turns than I could The have. next patch will do that. I think okay. that that's going to be way more problematic than you expect, though, because, like, it, something can be, like, two or three moves away and you won't recognize it, and you can turn it so that it's, like, 20 moves away from being solved and you'll be hmm. just completely lost. Like, you know... But it, maybe it will feel better to just be able to, to just turn it and turn it and turn it and turn it. But I don't know. There, there were definitely times with the having like five and six move games where I was one move away from being able to get it, but I couldn't because was, that was past my maximum move allotment, which, which was frustrating. But like, it was like, okay, well, the, clearly there is some better solution to this. It, it was frustrating to me that if you made a move and then reversed that move, it used up two of your moves. What do you mean? I mean, what I said, just... Oh, well, like, so you just hit... Okay, so... What, I know, I know, okay. but I wish that... It, it was like, smart I would often, Yeah, I would... Like, another problem that I had, and this is just because I don't really know how objects or eyes work, <laughs> ever since one of my eyes got removed by that crazy microscope <laughs> asshole, uh, I would often not know whether a move had been made or not. Because it wouldn't, if, if you like move something but it doesn't quite catch. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite back. catch and flips back. I couldn't tell the difference between it popping into place and it flipping back. I mean, the, the time. just if the if the whole, the bubble gets filled in. Yeah, which is like, that's, that. and that's not, I don't want to be, like, this is a game that is all about its visual presentation. I don't want the game state to be conveyed to me by this, you know, I mean, it's a fine UI, like, but it's like, yeah, come on. The thing that was frustrating to me was I would I would move something and be like okay no I kind of want to undo that and so I would hit the the button to undo it and it would rotate the whole piece to some to whatever starting angle maybe it was in and I was like ah oh, god like like it is so hard for me to wrap my head around what is supposed to go where and when you take control and un and like move the thing to a different angle viewing angle I have to reconfigure what I'm how I'm seeing this thing. Um, which was frustrating. I can definitely see that. I think, th th all in all, this was a good execution of, I think, an idea that just wasn't going to hit with me. Yeah. I, I like, I really, really like the idea of having an object that you don't know what it is, and part of the like puzzle is figuring out what it's supposed to be. Um, I think that is a really neat take on a Rubik's Cube, right? Starting with something that's scrambled and trying to figure out how to like what even like what it is right like that was like really satisfying to me like getting getting far enough in the rotations to be like okay okay so these two things fit together and these two things fit together and like okay well this is like a rabbit or whatever or this is like something this you know? i think this is going to sound like such an asshole thing to say about like i think that this video game would have made a better screensaver than a video game huh right like it just we take some toys and then we you know you apply our algorithm to cut it up and then we just rotate it randomly in and out of shapes hmm. you know and that's just what that just happens on its own because i enjoyed watching it when i would hit the hint button like i enjoyed just hitting the hint button to get up to the last move and then like yeah i solved it <laughs> made me feel pretty good about myself i i started using hints at the end of chapter three and and fairly fairly often through chapter four. Um, but I tried, I would try each one for a good 10 minutes before I, I gave up and started asking for help. Like sometimes it was, sometimes like there were, 
there was one puzzle that had like a seven move allotment and I solved it in two moves. And I was like, okay, well, sometimes there are shortcuts, you know, like. Yeah, do you think they did that on purpose? Uh, not exactly. They, they did not, what they did was they scrambled it up, um, but, let, but did not worry if there were shortcut solutions, basically, as long as it was uh, not like trivial solvable in one move, I think. Um, so, um, there, they could have come up with these crazy convoluted trees for breaking things down. But what was amazing to me also was that like a lot of these puzzles were, uh, mathematically identical, right? They were, a lot of them were two by two by three, and yet they seemed like they were completely foreign alien objects, right? Like if they had, if they had just been... Rubik's cubes with colored faces and were just squared, you know, or rectangular or whatever. And it would have been the same puzzle a bunch of times yeah. in a row. And yeah. it just didn't and it did not feel like the same puzzle even a little bit, even though it was it was just a different scan. And that was really interesting. Like that's a that's kind of a fascinating mental trick because if you have like a a Rubik's cube with a piece that sticks way out, that just feels like it's a different thing. Yeah. I mean, I think though that you could do this. You could do it with rectangles if the rectangles were of sufficiently different sizes, right? Like, because you could do a 2x2x3 two by two by that is a cube, and you could do a 2x2x3 two by two by sure. that is a sphere. You know, even if it was just colored sections, sure. you could make a lot of different feeling things, but this went way further than that by having them be these cool, interesting shapes that you didn't know what they were. Right. This Because we're getting complaints about not saying the names of games lost enough. Toys. This is Lost Toys that we're talking about. We talked about, about it at the very beginning. I know, I know, but... You know, people still people. That's still the thing. Yeah, it bugs me. Like, it bugs me on podcasts when they're talking about a thing and I suddenly get interested in it and I didn't hear the name of the game, or right. I did hear it, mm-hmm. but because it wasn't a game that I knew about already, it was like. And then it's like, ah, but what do you do? Do you just say the name of games that you're talking about over and over again? Lost Toys. Do you just insert it like Kevin Nealon style Lost Toys into the middle of sentences? Yeah. I so think you don't because that would be annoying. Lost Toys. Did you ever play Zenbound? Are you yeah. asking me? Either of you guys? Mm-hmm. I looked at that and heard about the premise of the game, and I thought, I cannot imagine a game that I want to play less than this game. Wow. Mm. Like, huh. I really enjoyed that game, too. Yeah, so maybe that's, like, that's the thing. Like, that was also a game where you're manipulating an object in 3D, and you're try- like, there is a puzzle to it, which is how do I paint the surface of this with the, the strangest interface which is a color colored paint colored string or whatever and you have a finite amount of string that you can wrap around this thing and the more of it you cover with paint the better you do and so that one has the advantage of being relatively easy to solve with a like at a 75 percent yeah, it just has like a granular score, which yeah. is which is more interesting from a game perspective than like there are solved or you know because I mean the entirety of yeah. Lost Toys, Lost Souls, uh, consists of what like sixty individual actions that you either do or you don't do them, and then you have to go back and figure out where you fucked up, right? right? Like, and that's it's that it's an order operations puzzle, you know? Yeah, with relatively few steps because there's relatively few puzzles. In there. Yeah, they're um. They're going to have, I think their next update, which will probably come out in the next week or two, it will have a mode where you can just rotate it as much as you want. Because um, that is a feedback that they've gotten a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious whether people will respond to that more positively or 
I mean, probably freak not. out. But, yeah, I mean, I think they removed it for a reason. So, yeah. I remember talking to Eric about Hearthstone. I was like, I wish that there was a way, I wish there was a setting that I could toggle that would just end my turn automatically when there was nothing left for me to do. And he was like, you think you want that, but I guarantee that you don't because no one wants that when we actually give it to them. I'm like, huh. okay. Like, That's super interesting. Yeah, like, so sometimes like a super common piece of feedback about a thing will result in just a bunch of people saying the same thing and not knowing that they're all totally wrong. Yeah, about something. So yeah, I'm curious. You know, I don't know. I don't think that that particular change to Lost Toys would make it any more appealing to me. I think I would go back and play it differently, <clears throat> which would be like that would be like, okay, now I have this toy instead of a game that I'm trying to play with, right? Yeah. Which is fine. I think that's kind of cool. People. I mean, I, so something. It would, one mode that I think might be potentially interesting is if it started out as the toy and then you hit a button and watched it shuffle it. Mm-hmm. That, you, they, you were like, a lot of people have, have yeah, mentioned that. Because like well. then you could sort of choose a difficulty too, right? right? Like choose any toy, choose how many moves they want to shuffle it. That was and then I would just choose was, one and then I would undo that move and be like, yay! <laughs> I wanted to be able to traverse the little mobile thing and pick a toy to play with. Like, I, like after I had solved it. And I don't think that's something you can do. I think you have to play through it linearly. So, so this it got featured on the App Store. I think it it did well enough that they can you know make another game. Yeah, they can't they can't quit their day yeah, job. Yeah, they can't quit their day jobs and, and form a studio, but they can make another game. And they're just super super fucking nice people. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they made a game that that. Uh, Kevin likes. two people. Yeah, that's that's kind of the neat thing. It's like this feels like a crazy polished studio release and it's just two people doing this thing it's in unity which yeah. is it's it's good when you see something that looks at like because it is so easy to make some just garbagey looking shit in unity that yeah. when you see something made in unity that looks as good as like a gone home right which somebody will say oh gone home doesn't look good it looks like fucking quake one I'm like yeah fuck you you know what i'm talking about was gone home in unity yeah okay yeah and just to, to see how hard it is to like not have your polygons just look like total bullshit, right? Like, you just start messing around in Unity, and it's like, wow, this makes it really easy to make a shit-heap-looking game. (laughs) Like, yeah. You you can just drop some trees in, but then, well, those trees don't touch the ground at all, like a bullshit video game that looks like shit. No wonder. Anyway, so for our next assignment, man, I'm excited about this because I already played one-third, let's say, of our next assignment. And I said, hey, that was really good. And Riff was like, we should do that and the next two things as our assignment. Uh, it's the uh, We're just going to play the top few games of the 2013 Interactive Fiction Competition. Okay. Uh, when were those winners announced, Riff? Oh, mm, I don't know the exact date, but I feel like it was three or four weeks ago at least. Okay. I can never remember when that competition is, but I mean, it's after... It's like after the year starts, right? Or it's or is it like yeah, I don't remember how that works at all. It is weird how few votes are cast. Mm-hmm. It's like hundreds of votes for any given title, right? It, like, well, at this point the top the top the winner had gotten 67 votes. Yeah. Wow. Like it seems like there are more people there there the audience for interactive fiction is the exact same size as the community of people who make interactive <laughs> fiction. <laughs> well, it's the voting isn't uh I mean, you're not you're not selecting your favorite game. You're you're giving a score out of ten to every game you yeah. played. So it's it's not like only sixty seven people Popularity. voted for. Yeah. Huh. Well, it but it is 
it only 67 votes were cast right, for right. that game. But but those there could have uh, been 120 there could have been 120 people playing and only half of them happened to play and vote for this game. Or yeah. are you aren't you supposed I, to play I'm, all of them and vote on that? I think you have to well, play you're like supposed three to, or five. Yeah, there's a minimum that you have to play and and you're supposed to play as many as you can. But my my point is that the people that like those 67 people did not fail to rate any other game because this was the one they were voting for. They they registered scores for every game that they played. Right. right. No, but I'm saying there were only 67 people who played and voted right. on the game, which is just, I don't know, like that, that, that community seem seemed to be low. growing for a while, but now it's like, wow, this is, this is, a, it seems like a, a dying end. It seems strange that, that uh, Twine can be so popular is it? in certain communities. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. That's, like, it, yeah, it's, it's the been, big it's, it's been, been kind new of hotness divisive. now, yeah. but is it is Twine really popular? Like how many people like the most popular Twine game in the world, how many people played it? That's a good question. Is it five hundred? Is it five thousand? I bet it's not fifty thousand. Depression Quest got on Steam. Did it? Yeah. My feeling so. my feeling about the the what I've been hearing, uh, which is not a ton because I'm not I'm not super tuned into the IF community, but it seems like Twine games have been really divisive in the comp because there's a lot of questioning about whether it's whether it's fair to rank uh, like the writing in a Twine game versus a parser vers- game. yeah versus a parser game which is much much more difficult to to uh, to write in a complete way than than a Twine game is. But I didn't. I didn't actually get a chance to talk about oh, this, yeah. uh, but uh, Emily Short uh, sent us a preview copy of um, a game that's coming out with their new Versu engine. It's called Blood and Laurels. Is it a new engine? I like Versu was... is new as of last year, I think. Okay, but it, but it exists now, and it's a thing that you can like. There is a link on that app that takes you to a store where there right. are a bunch of games for sale in that engine. Is that? Like I think is that a thing company. that exists now that people I don't know are... I don't know how uh, open access I I should I should ask her maybe because we're doing another IF set of games we can talk about it more fully next week yeah um, I, we we should also both play it a little bit more or yeah once or twice because it didn't it didn't take that long and yeah I don't I did not get enough of a sense of like how it works because it it's a really it, systems driven like sort of story thing yeah so it, yeah it's it it is I feel like it's somewhere in between a parser game and Twine. And I don't, I don't, I, I would love to see some of the authoring tools to have a better sense of how it works because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm hitting some of the edges of the, of the like engine at points, but I don't know that for sure. Anyway, I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll save the discussion for that for next week, sort of as something to compare and contrast to with the other IF stuff. Um, but I also wanted to mention, I don't, Riff, did you, did you play Civ Clicker at all this past no, week? No, I haven't. I saw I saw yeah. you guys talking about it in chat, but it's interesting. It is it's you know yet another one of those like uh, uh, what what are those games called? Yeah, those action games. I like, mean, I've heard people refer to them as idle games, but I don't think games. that they're really an idle game. It sounded idle it sounded a lot like sort of Dark Room when you guys were talking about it. Dark Room lot. is way more interesting. Yeah, a Dark Room was actually fantastical in in a way that was interesting. And, and had a map and stuff. Yeah, it had, it had those sort of roguelike elements. This is this is a, just a straight up like civilization management kind mm. of thing. Yeah, and it's 
it is interesting to me in the way that it, um, it it created a couple of systems that are really sort of not a lot of fun to interact with, but I can understand like why they were implemented and they're they're totally reasonable game systems, but they like they they're just chafing. So like the the idea with that is you like you have at the very beginning you you know you click to to get some uh, food or rock or wood, and then you can eventually get farmers and woodsmen and um, uh, miners. But you have a hard cap on the amount of that resource that you can gather. So if you you can't just leave it running overnight because it'll um, it'll just die. It'll just like fill up in twenty minutes or whatever. Mm. And so part of the game is like expanding your ability to hold those resources. What what you don't learn about until you've played it for a long time though is that that cap becomes unimportant in the late game because those primary resources just aren't a big deal what what becomes valuable is like the secondary resources like what when you gather uh like food from the farm you also get some skins and sometimes and you can then get a tanner to turn those skins into leather and so like there's secondary and tertiary resources and those guys don't have caps at all and that's where all the like end game content comes from primarily right so it's it is this like choice to put a cap on a system that feels really unpleasant and like turns people off in the in the sort of very quick short term but then is like just not an, just is like unimportant in the late game and like I just I, I, I'm curious why a designer would hmm, yeah decide to do that um, but yeah I felt like I had sort of exhaustively plumbed the depths of that game in a couple of hours yeah I like I'm curious what happens when you complete a wonder. I'm curious what happens. I'm guessing you get an achievement and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, there's a lot of achievements that I didn't get though. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious probably, what the different deities do. Yeah, I, there's, I went, there's sort of like a like a decision you make about a te- like that opens up as a very specific tech tree. Yeah, that you can only pick one of. Yeah, and then those things carry over if you reset. You get to keep the ones from the previous thing, so you can eventually have the all four deities working on your side I guess. Oh, that's neat. Right. I guess that makes sense why they were sort of weak. It's like this was like this big epic thing that cost a lot to unlock, but then the benefits are like eh, something happens very slightly more often. Right. Right. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Cats uh. count as nurses. <laughs> like Oh, is that a yeah. Did you go for the cat? I did guy? cat. Yeah. Well, because uh. I was letting I was letting Emily make all of my decisions about what things were called and <laughs> That's funny. What was her? What did she choose for the wonder name? I don't remember. I called mine a maze balls. Yeah, that's great, Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. Did, were you like the pyramid of? Oh man, my dog just farted, and I was like, "Don't fart again." My dog was all fart. N- no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I hooked up Will Wheaton's Twitter to my voice for a minute. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Ebert engine. Yeah. So. uh... Next week we're gonna do some IF IF yeah. comp, and we'll talk more about blood and blood on the sand by Fifty Cent, um, by Emily Shorts. Bl- blood and laurels. <laughs> Emily Shorts, Fifty Cents, Blood and Laurels. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I will post a link uh, on the you know on videogameshotdog.com to the IF comp uh, winner, thing. and also in the for fora.
Do we have questions? Yeah. I need to. I'm, I'm trying a, an experiment here where I uh, don't have any idea how anything works um, because I can't put. <laughs> That's a pretty uh, good I can't experiment. Drop m- markers easily into the recording here to know when the segment boundaries are. So I'm trying to just do oh, lap timers on my stopwatch. Um, Interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Uh, let me load up the listeners' mails. Uh, let's see. Blank writes, YRJ, JJKL. That's pretty cool. Getting a lot of spam. You just set up a web form and you'll just get spam. I don't know if there are just robots looking for web forms and just submitting garbage to all of them just in case it's a forum or something. What's crazy? Uh, Die Vernon writes, have you guys ever played Soul Forge? It's a digital CCG that reminds me of Alice's Army, which is a KOL minigame thing. Uh, there are five lands, and each player can populate them with creatures, co-created by Richard Garfield, so you can't go wrong there. It's free <laughs> to play on Steam and iOS. I tried it. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. Um, not enough to really remember it. Yeah, it's not... It. There were some things about it that I didn't quite understand. Like, you seem to be leveling up these cards, but I don't really know what makes them level up. Um, Leveling up the individual cards? Yeah, each every card is either a creature or a spell, and the creatures have these like multiple phases that they go through. Um, and they just get more powerful. Some of them start powerful and you know are and cost more some of them cost less and start really weak and vulnerable but then grow into really big things like there's kind there's like ironclad tactics uh maybe okay i don't know i didn't well, i was so bad at ironclad tactics that i never really got to experience the breadth of the systems in it because okay. it was just it was it was too hard for me zach zach barth makes games that are too hard for me even when he makes games for babies <laughs> too hard for me um the Lone Goldfish says, Hello, podcast friends. I have been informed that two Portillo's sandwich shops have opened in the suburban Phoenix area. As such, I would like an excuse to visit and taste the mighty beef of my homeland. So when is Zapcon 2 back to that hood? Zapcon 2 is uh, April, April 12th, 12th and 13th. 13th. Yeah. I am a guy who uh, has been bidding on some great big-ass lots of Ataris and Atari games on eBay for the last couple of days. And I'm really enjoying it. And that's... I am scared. I do not want to start buying things on eBay. Uh, <laughs> you need to start buying old TVs on eBay, I think. Yeah. Do you think eBay is the place for an old I'd, TV? I have no idea. Yeah, Craigslist is probably where it is, because you could yeah. probably have somebody go around and collect a bunch of working but old shitty TVs. Yeah. Right? That seems like a thing that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many Ataris I want to set up in the Zapcon Atari Freakout Lounge. Four? For per bong, do you think, or do you think <laughs> one bong, one Atari? I think you want to keep the bongs and the Atari separate because uh, people get really excited while they're playing and they knock the bong over, and it's going to be. A- I mean, I think that basically every Atari already has a story like that, so it's uh, it's too late to keep the. But bongs you also want like a giant shag carpet, and you spill the bong water on the shag carpet, and that is going to be gross. Mm, somebody who didn't give their name says, "I miss advice, hot dog. Can you please say stinger?" Like that, for old time's sake. There you go. Um, Florin says, is there Twitter integration with Video Games Hot Dog? Why, yes, there is. At VG Hot Dog. Post there, and we will give you one Video Games Hot Dog dollar. <laughs> uh, Totes Lulls 69 says, what do you think of Age of Empires 2? Did you guys ever play any of the Age of Empires games? No. I have not. Are they Empire Management games? Yeah, they're like real-time strategy. Okay. Well, so Kevin thinks he's never played it. I don't remember if I played it or not. I think I played the first one. What was the one where you could make 
essentially William Wallace's. What? <laughs> and throw throw them at dudes. What? He could like kill a tank. That's pretty good. Huh? <laughs> I, I I don't know if you're making things up or if you're uh, referencing. Everybody had a special. Every race, every every uh, like nation or whatever, every empire. Yes. Empire, I guess, is what that game was about. Is various empires and okay. the ages in which they operated. Uh, they had special units, and the Scots just had basically like a Mel Gibson. You know, it's like were super blue, powerful against blue, Jews. Paint blue face painted dudes. Yeah, they were. They were. They were woad warriors. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. That is um, nice. That, so that's what I think of that. Uh, let's see. Welcome back, VGHD. Says LMF. Can you help me? I've been trying to find a video game to play and be thrilled by. Only problem is I failed to find anything. I want to just sit down and play for a whole day. I always end up bored after a few hours. Suggestions? Just play every game for just a few hours and then throw it away. Just use all of your disposable income on video games, because really, what else are you gonna? What else are you I gonna played, spend it on? I played Antichamber in one sitting, one very long that's a, sitting. That's a good five-hour thing, six-hour thing, yeah. probably. Mark of the Ninja, maybe, depending on how much you want to get into that. Um, Eldritch, I could imagine you sitting down and playing for sure. six hours. A whole a whole day of Eldritch, really. Sure, why not? Mm. Right, because it, it, if you have never played it before, you're like gonna have to figure out how everything works. But you might get excited about the the like goals, and there's the there's that whole new like down, DLC, the Mountains of Madness, or whatever. Uh, the Reaper writes, not video games, but have you guys heard of and or played the board game King of Tokyo? It's made by Richard Garfield, and every single person I've ever played it with has loved it. I highly recommend buying it. Yeah, we got that. It's like yeah, a monster Yahtzee, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's like, um, you know. The expansion is super interesting, too. That Well, the first it makes expansion. the monsters individuals. Yeah, it makes the monsters actually have individual personalities and abilities, because you get these mutations that you can buy for them. It is just a very simple dice game, and that's why everybody likes the, it, is because it's cards, really easy to... The cards are a really valuable, interesting layer on top of the dice game, though. And that's that's what makes it fun for me, is like, okay, there, there are some sweet-ass superpowers in there, and if I can get that, I can yeah. kick more oh, it is not it is not at all just Yahtzee, right? But it yeah. is, it, gameplay-wise, yeah. like, your, ba- your basic action are just tend to be like roll some dice and then pick how many dice you want to roll again. And yeah, then, that's so good. Yeah, the game if it's over really fast, like you'll always sit down and you'll play four or five games in a row. Yeah, it's it is a very satisfying. It is nice to have games that scale up to a bunch of people and also are fast. Uh, like Coup. El- Coup is great. Elder Sign plays uh, sort of similarly, but it's a uh, it's is a little more difficult and is a Call of Cthulhu theme. So if you is like, it. Cooperative like or King, is it, it? Yes, it is. It is, it is cooperative. cooperative. It is also. I, I desperately need to sit down and play that game with somebody who can explain to me what the fuck anything in that game <laughs> is, because there there is some rule about holding back dice that I don't understand. But that rule is absolutely necessary to make it even a little bit possible to win any of the scenarios, mm-hmm. and. I've tried to play the I've tried to play the iOS version of it and I just don't I don't understand it. I cannot wrap my head around the rules well enough to play the game. What was the, that dungeon exploration game where dice could become like dead that you played at uh Vanaman's place? You guys were exploring. Oh a yeah, it was uh Escape the Curse of the Temple. It okay. was like a real-time multiplayer cooperative dice rolling game. Huh. That it has and it's one of those things that has a soundtrack that you need you really we we sort of were it was fucked up because uh 
it was too quiet. It was too loud. The the room was too loud oh. and the phone was too quiet. We didn't have speakers to play the thing because there are like these sound cues like fuck, everybody has to get back to the middle chamber or everyone like permanently loses a die. Um and if you like so like one side of the die is like a thing where it just becomes inactive. Yeah, the, the it's a six-sided dice and there's like two running dudes, a torch, a flashlight fish, and a black idol face and a gold idol face and anything that comes up black face uh, has to just stay there because it's too because it's a shame yeah. yeah until you get a gold face you, the Buddha forgives you for your transgression <laughs> and that unlocks but anyone can do it like anyone can come into the room that you're in and roll a gold face to unlock some dice for you so if you get completely bound up then somebody has to like rush you. over and help you yeah. And you're you're sort of like trying to collect enough treasure to get to, through the exit to justify your yeah, existence to justify having raided this tomb. Anyway, it's it's frantic and fun. I it's but yeah, it's got you know some custom dice and some. I like a game where you make the board uh, through play. Mm, yeah, I like a betrayal at the House on the Hill style mm, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I've had a really good time doing an episode of Video Games Hot Dog with yeah. you, and I hope you've had a good time doing one with me. Good show. Yes. Well, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail question, Kevin, how would they do that? Well, as mentioned before, there's Twitter integration uh, <laughs> at VG Hot Dog. And is there a, like an energy system? There is. Yep. Yep. Every hour you can send us another tweet. Please don't send us a tweet every hour. Unless uh, you want to earn a video games hot dog <laughs> dollar every hour. Uh, you can email us VGHotDog at, G- at Gmail. GG? GG Mail. Jiggly Good mail. game mail. Uh, and then you can check out our website, videogameshotdog.com. VGHotdog at ggallen.com. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can write, you can write right us a click. question on a wall. You can right click on a wall. Crazy punk rock man feces. Oh, God. I feel like somebody is writing on the sidewalks of San Francisco in, with shit. You don't think it's just like a brown crayon? It's a really wide brown crayon. <laughs> yeah, they sell really wide brown crayons. You see them all over the place. Children discard them on the sidewalks left and right here after taking the wrappers off of them. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next very special episode of Video Games Hot Dog. Until yeah. then, keep your feet on the ground and your hand on the controller. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> guys, that's my new sign-off. Yeah, I like it. It's that's, good. Uh, it's pretty good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. I would say that it, huh, I I guess I would say it lives with me. I wouldn't call it a roommate, though.